this was a very, very long speech about uh, different stages. As I see it, Dr. Nissan, I, I feel it like it's uh, that Pangsan is a habit. It's about changing the habits. What can you say about that? Well, uh, I think that uh, uh, many of our habits are uh, habits are a complex uh, behavioral uh, 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 manifestation, but a, a, a basic a grade of it is a, a, is the the right rhythm to do yeah. things. And when we are a, a out of uh, of the of the a, a, of the a, a range of the right a, a, a time to do things, our habits change, and it's mm -hmm. it's give us not as, as optimal output or results as we expected. It seems to be as Parkinson changed the brain in many ways and changed the behavior, it changed the, the attitude, it changed the automatic, the, the autonomic body function, yeah. it changed our body for sure. And as, 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 more, as more as we are aware to that, we can give it a fight. We can try to recalibrate it. We, we try to, to make our life better, to improve their quality. And I think, again, that uh, the, the idea of Alex, that by doing that, by uh, when you are aware to the, that you are not in the rhythm of the normal life, you try to, to go back to the uh, zone of the right rhythm. And uh, the way to do it, is by Alex methods for sure, and pharmacology can support it also, and other methods, therapeutic methods also. But they are all together try to to elevate the energy when it's too low, a, 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 a improve the rhythm when it's out when you are out of rhythm, and the the expression and so on. I think they are also influenced by your rhythm and your energy. To my opinion, they are the major two components. Yeah, but let's say, as I feel, that Parkinson is a habit. So if you want to change the habit, it doesn't matter if you continue doing the things you always have been doing, because if you want to change the habits, you have to do things in another way to reach another place. If I can uh, um, take your, your uh, Lizzie, can you take your uh, talks a little bit more? You, you should go out of yourself, out of yourself when you are in your Parkinson personality, if I can say so. Yeah. And when you go out of yourself, you can recalibrate, refine your uh, 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 habits or behavior. And when you go back to yourself, you can feel better but but in february we had a conference here in copenhagen with alex and he got all the people up running and walking and you know everybody was doing exactly what alex told them to do and when he closed for the music and everybody went back to the seat they fell back to the old habit it's true to change habit, it's take yeah. tears and sweat. It's not a miracle, a, a, a once in a second episode. You should, it's yeah. a hard work. Yeah. Samuel, do you have anything to add or Alex? Yes, I have a lot, of, a lot to say about it. Uh, it's definitely a habit. <clears throat> I would say, I would be more extreme and say that it's an addiction. So I'm get, becoming yeah. addicted <clears throat> to the behavior of Parkinson. Yeah. I, I wake up in the morning, I get out of bed, and I'm expecting in advance to have the movement of a Parkinsonian. I'm not expecting to be up and running and dancing and moving. No, I'm expecting to go slowly and drag my legs because I'm, 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 I got used to it. And there is also an element, at least for me, I'm not saying it is like this for others. What I learned about Parkinson so far is that it's very individual. Yeah, it is. So the way it appears in my life, not, 
<laughs> can be completely different than the way it appears in your life. Yeah. So, yeah. for me, for me, I I find I I can catch myself enjoying the the Parkinsonian Parkinsonian behavior because it allows me to feel pity for myself and to feel be in misery and be a little bit depressed and I can I can get per, permit myself not to do things that I used to be doing. So it, all in all, it kind of, oh, I'm sick, leave me alone. I don't want, I have no power. I'm slow, I speak slowly. I don't have to speak. I don't have to make an effort. When I come to Alex, I say, stop it, raise your voice. I can't hear you. What is this ugly face you're making? So it's like, step, get out of it. Stop it, stop, stop this behavior. And whenever he does it, I realize even more that I'm doing it. It's not the Parkinson is doing it to me. I am co collaborating with the Parkinson. This is what Alex calls the, becoming a professional pe person with Parkinson. Yeah. And uh, I find it very difficult to remind myself that I'm doing it, that I'm, that I'm in the middle of a habit. And when I remind myself, I find it even more difficult to stop it. As you said, Dr. Nitsana, it's an effort. It's a, it, it takes, okay, I'm not accepting it. I'm not accepting it. When I hear my shoes or my legs, my feet dragged on the floor, there is a sound to it. I do. Lift it, lift it, lift it, lift it. Stop, stop. Uh, refuse to be a victim of this. Yeah. Fight it. It's difficult, but that's the only way. I know. Alex? Well, I'm very impressed by what both of them said. And I just wrote a couple of uh, notes about it becomes a norm and it becomes a Parkinson personality. That's true. All of a sudden, it's not only addicted, you are addicted and you don't realize it, that it becomes a norm. And all of a sudden, the norm becomes ridiculous. Meaning, if I tell a person to walk like a soldier, left, right, left, right, and to express yourself with power and so on, many of my Parkinson clients, they say you look ridiculous because they got used to drag their foot. They got used not to show power, meaning you enter the Parkinson personality mm. and this is very dangerous. It mm. becomes the norm. And all of a sudden, the norm brings about more stories with it. Mm. As Samuel said, mm. I have a reason I'm poor, I need time. You see, it brings a whole chain of behavior patterns. But uh, what Dr. Nitsan said before, and that's very true, it's very hard to get out of habits. You don't need Parkinson for that. No. See, so it's very complicated and Parkinson people have to be very much more aware to where the norm is. Parkinson is not norm. It's not natural. It becomes a way of life. It becomes your personality. And without realizing, you become obsessed and addicted to Parkinson behavior patterns. And you try to convince other people that they don't know what it is Parkinson. You don't know. They're only trying try to convince. What do you understand from Parkinson? What do you understand? What do you think? You know what it is? It's a wrong concept. Yeah. You have to understand that Parkinson is physiologic behavior patterns other than medication or biochemical. It is behavior patterns that have become chronic. And you're not allowed to enter that chronic situation. You have to know how to act it differently, fake it even, 
Fake it being healthy. Fake it being a soldier. Fake it the way you walk. And all of a sudden, the habits begin to change. Thank you, Shmulek, and thank you, Dr. Nitsan. It was very deep. I just want to add one more thing, yeah. really re relating to what you said, Alex, because there is one term that you said that I would change. You said that uh, breaking a habit is very complicated. And I, 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 I prefer to tell myself it's very difficult. It's not complicated, it's just difficult. It's very difficult. I have to fight it, but it's not very complicated. It's just yeah. keep fighting, keep fighting, keep fighting. And so just, it's enough that it's difficult. You don't have to make it complicated. It's about just do it. Yeah, do it again and again and again. Just do it. In, 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 the, in the beginning, when I started working with you, Alex, you told me that when I walk, I should whistle so yes. that I will hear music and uh, uh, rhythm. And I said, isn't it ridiculous? And you said, the way you walk right now is, is, not, is not ridiculous. And that's, that, that was all I needed to hear. Since then, when I realized that I can walk better when I take a basketball and dribble it as I walk in the street, People, some people told me, you look ridiculous like that. I said, you, you should see me how I walk without the ball. <laughs> Tell me which, which looks more ridiculous. Yeah. Thank you. Anything else to this subject? Otherwise, I will uh, try to find another subject. We could talk about, for example, bladder and uh, constipation. Why do uh, people Parkinson get uh, problems with the bladder, and why does somebody have constipation? Yeah, you can you can do that. You can do that this level. Alex, I think uh, I think we should start with Doctor okay. Nissan. We start with Doctor Nissan. My point of view, because it's yeah. more scientific yeah. and medical yeah. what he has to say. Yeah. I think it's a good time for me to go and pee. <laughs> I give you the, the break that you need. <laughs> okay, Dr. Nissan. Wait. You want to make a little interval so that you... No, it was a joke. <laughs> uh, well, it seems to be that the constipation and the urination problem are a prominent a part of the autonomic dysfunction in Parkinson's disease. When, when I'm saying autonomic dysfunction, it seems to be that the autonomic nervous system, which uh, uh, the name uh, tried to, to, uh, uh, to direct us to the point that it's not a well, it's, it's working to our consciousness in an automatic manner. We, we should not think, and when we have a, a breeze or we don't think about uh, the, uh, uh, when our uh, heart should uh, 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 pump and so on, there are many autonomic or automatic this uh, function in our body that work without a need to to engineering them, if I can say so, in the in the consciousness level. And yeah. it seems to be that our bowel movement <clears throat> and bladder movement are. Uh, part of the autonomic or, or autom autonomic uh, automatic uh, nervous system. And as we say that uh, Parkinson's disease is a multidimensional disease, yeah. the autonomic nervous system is also involved. It uh, uh, seems to be again that the pacemaker of the autonomic uh, uh, nervous system are also uh, empired in this manner. And the uh, Peristaltic, the the the, the uh, movement of the uh, uh, gastrointestinal tract becomes slower than the usual. The bladder is not reactive uh, to the urine that accumulate within it as it should be in the normal state. The innervation, the feedback from uh, the bowel and the bladder to our brain, to our the center of control in our brain, is disturbed and as a, 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 a and the other side the, the arm that sent the order to the bowel or to the bladder are also 
disturbed in Parkinson's. So we have uh, problems that are not in the consciousness level, they are in the autonomic nervous function and they are involved and they can affect the quality of life very severely yeah. in a patient with Parkinson's disease, in people with Parkinson's disease. Alex? Well, um, I would like to add something from a different perspective. What you said, Dr. Nitsan, was very interesting, and especially about the autonomic nervous system, and it uh, gave me a good way of thinking it a little differently. But I will tell you something which is interesting. I have come up to the conclusion that if we speak about constipation, not only the bladder, it has to do with the diaphragm. Yeah. The diaphragm in Parkinson's disease is stuck. It doesn't work down, it doesn't pump down. And what happens, because the diaphragm is around like this, it goes from the front to the back. There are two very big muscles called the psoas muscles. The psoas muscles go from the back, they come forward from the abdomen and they are uh, ingrained within the joint. Now what happens when the diaphragm doesn't work, doesn't pump, doesn't go down. Actually, when we breathe, when the diaphragm goes down, there's a vacuum and then air enters through atmospheric pressure. In Parkinson, the diaphragm is stuck. So people breathe upwards, very shallow. But what happens with the two muscles, the source muscles, because the diaphragm doesn't work, these two muscles stop working as well, and they become shorter. If one part, let us say the right side is shorter, you get, you get a kind of a kyphosis. And if both of them are shorter, you get a lordosis. You get it this way. Now what happens when both of them don't work, they have a pressure on the nerves that segment your digestive system and your sex organs. Meaning there is pressure on the innervation, the segmental innervation because of the two source muscles. And what happens? It has an effect on the palpitation of the digestive system, which brings about constipation. Because it also has a pressure on the foot. And what happens? You start to uh, pull your foot, you drag your foot. Yeah. And it's the same with your digestive system. It doesn't have a normal palpitation the way there is a stimulation so that you can walk normally. Meaning these two muscles, in my point of view, have a pressure on your digestive system, on your sex organs and on your feet. And that's why they don't palpitate and they don't work because there is a pressure. It's like this is the nerve and there's a pressure on the nerve, you see? And the nerve cannot pass this, uh, the stimulation directly. I, from my experience, saw that when I teach people to breathe more, what I call Buddha belly, down to their abdomen and open up, something happens in their digestive system and they start to get palpitations. And when they start to get palpitations, their system starts to work better. Yeah. Well, Alex, I must say that I'm sure that the things that you said contribute to the uh, disturbance uh, in urination and in uh, the, the digestive system. There are other aspects that we can mention regarding it. Regarding it. Uh, well, it seems to be that in, in Parkinson's disease, the pathological hallmark is the accumulation of a misfolding protein that called alpha-synuclein. Yeah. And it seems to be that you find this uh, uh, pathological uh, marker also in the autonomic nervous system that innervated the bladder and the digestive system, the, the GI tract, the gastrointestinal tract. And it seems to be that 
as you said, this thing has a lot of, in, on, of influence on our energy, you know, they are on our thinking rate, on our uh, cognitive function and emotional function, for sure. And for sure also on our uh, uh, digestive and urination function. But it seems to be that other aspects that contribute to it are the involvement in the biochemistry level of the uh, autonomic nervous system that control uh, this function. I, I must mention other uh, aspects that contribute to it. You know, we, we, there is now a mode to speak about the probiotic or the, uh, 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 the, the, the bio, uh, the, the, the flora that inhibited our bowel and influence a lot on the, uh, uh, our digestive uh, 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 abilities and function. And it seems to be that a, 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 a changing the diet, for example, or using dietary fibers, for example, uh, or probiotic agent that change the population of the, uh, uh, our uh, microbiome. Microbiome is the, uh, the, 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 all, the uh, 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 all the microbes that uh, inhabited our intestine and bladder and other cavities and, and, and a micro ecosystem in our body, if I can say. So it seems to me that you, when, when you change your diet and you use more uh, dietary uh, uh, fibers and you drink more and you take probiotics and what, what we call today, pre, not only probiotics, but also prebiotics. Prebiotics are dietary fibers that are not soluble and uh, they are fragmented by uh, some of the good, most of the good uh, uh, spaces of a micro, microbiota that inhibit our intestine. It seems to be that when you change the pendulum toward this good population of a, a, a bacteria or microbiome, they fragment the, 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 the diet, uh, uh, the food better, and it's influenced a lot. You know, in Pakistan today, we speak about something that called, uh, we, we analog it to, to IBS in some parameters. IBS, it's a irritable bowel disease. A hallmark of irritable bowel disease is a leaky intestine, which means many fragments of the, uh, that are produced by this microbiome are leaking from the intestine wall to the blood and from there to the uh, brain. They can influence our mood, our emotions, our thinking rate, and many other functions of our body. So it seems to be they by manipulate this interplay between the different population of micro microbes that inhabitate our uh, bowel, you can influence a lot on the constipation for good. So it's another aspect that we can improve by by diet, as you said, probiotica and prebiotica, which is another part of it. And as Alex say, a, a regulation of the breathing for sure can contribute a good contribution to, to this process. Nisan, why is it a... May, why, I, uh, may I say something? Yeah, yes, of course. Is it okay? Samuel, is it okay? Can I continue? Sure, sure. Um, it's very when you speak about breathing, mm -hmm. when you speak about breathing, Alex, I start noticing my breath. Mm -hmm. So I immediately it's start a, breathing. A, so continue speaking about breathing. That's good. I must mention, Alex, Alex, uh, remind before the heart rate, which is for sure, I think it's the first pacemaker that we hear when we are in the, uh, as an embryo, we, we start to irritate our our, the rate of our breathing is another pacemaker that is very, very uh, important in our life. And Alex, for sure, can say a lot about it. What I would like to add to what you said, because what you said is very important. At least we understand biochemically, scientifically, what's happening. But uh, I would like to add something else. If you trust what you don't know, 
something happens. What do I mean? We don't know how we see. We don't know how we hear. We don't know how we speak. We don't know how we behave. It's all automatic. We don't think. We don't plan it. Meaning the body knows what we don't know. And if I stimulate movement and rhythm that has changed because of constipation, the body knows what to do. I don't know if it sounds not nice, sometimes more than science. Because all of all the time, all the time more than science. Sorry? All the time more than science. I have to take care. <laughs> so what really happens is that when I change the form, the shapes of a constipation or even bladder, I get the form of constipation and bladder within my body. Rhythmically, movement-wise, energetically. Mm. So if I change it, the body knows what to do in many cases. So what you said, plus physiology of behavior, meaning behaving without knowing what the body does, but the body knows many things happen. And all of a sudden you say, I don't know why it happened, but it happens. It's proof. It's true. So our consciousness is aware about the minority of our body function, for sure, we don't, most of the case, most of our body function are a, 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 a happening in the subconsciousness level, for sure, they are. I must say something to another thing that it's in the mode now, and it's probably it will have a good implication, maybe also, on, hopefully, also about pockets of disease. Speak now about something that's called the gut-brain axis, which means the influence of the gut and of what's happened in our uh, 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 intestinal system about our brain. Uh, I must mention there, there is even a theory that said that maybe Parkinson's disease began in the, gate, the mm -hmm. gut, in the, the alpha-synuclein, you find it firstly in the, uh, in the wall of the, of the uh, uh, intestine of the gut. And it's well, it's not well established, I must uh, say it. And we need a lot of uh, funding to, to, to try to, to uh, uh, check this hypothesis, but it's, uh, it, it's not a theoretical uh, 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 poorly. Uh, it's uh, uh, evidence-based that can support this hypothesis. And it seems to be, you know, what we said, that we have a gut feeling, for example. Exactly. It's exactly. not, it's, it's Really, it's, it's represent the connection between the gut and our brain and our emotion and so on. So by improving your, the birth, the breast, for sure, you, but the interplay between the birth and the intestinal function and the, the, the interplay between the intestinal function and our brain, they are, it seems to be that they are all part of the puzzle and they are influence each other in the, some kind of interplay and can uh, influence a lot about each other. I totally accept it. I would even call it mind-body interaction. Yeah. I agree. I think that many of the uh, 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 intervention, Alex, that you make in, in, your, in the gyrokinetic uh, 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 methods that you develop, you, you change the mind, and by changing the mind, you're changing the body. It's, it's some kind of, you, play, you influence a lot on this interplay. Yes. Yeah, agree. Nissan here in Denmark, there has just been public, uh, also worldwide, two scientific guys uh, from over here have been um, making this report saying that there are two kinds of Parkinson's. One starts up in the brain, one starts in the gut, and we have to treat them differently. So I am just waiting for that all people with Parkinson's in Denmark, they call us in to scan to find out did it start in the brain or in the gut, but that's a dream, you know. Have you, have you heard about this? 
Well, yes, yes. As I said, the theory that it may be begun in the gut, which seems to be so, uh, at first it's so, it's so uh, counterintuitive, if I can say so. Yeah. It's, a, 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 it's supported by finding that this a biochemical hallmark of the disease, this alpha-synuclein, the protein that misfolding and changes 3D structural, and by that become a, a, a soldier a, that take the that propagate the, the disease. It seems to be that it's by using the vagus nerve, which connected the lower brainstem, the lower part of the brain, with the intestinal system. It seems to be that it's going. The theorists said that maybe the alpha synuclein that began in the to changes the abnormal 3D structure in the, in the uh, gut, uh, yeah. going retrogradually, they going uh, 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 in, the, in the vagus till it's coming to the lower part of the brainstem that's called the medulla. And it seems to be that the first place in the brain that we find in the brain, the alpha-synuclein, mm -hmm. it's in the medulla, near the vagus, near the nucleus of the vagus, which connected the lower brain with the gut. Yeah. So because of that, the theory, and in a couple of years before, uh, when people suffering from gastric ulcer, one of the methods of treatment that were used was vagotomy, which means cutting of the vagus. And it seemed to be, as far as I remember, it's a study from Sweden, and they found that people who have this connection of the vagus due to the gastric ulcer, mm -hmm. it's not anymore, it's not a method that we use. They are now more elegant and sophisticated okay. uh, ways yeah. to treat a uh, gastric ulcer. But it seems to be that in the people that in the past uh, 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 operate uh, and they cut their vagus in for sure in a good, yeah. for a good will to try to improve their gastric ulcer, yeah. suffering much less from Parkinson's disease. It's not a big numbers of patients that we can conclude and say it without, a, 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 without doubt, but it seems to be that this is the, the main idea that maybe the first place that Parkinson's disease happened, it's in the gut and by, by the tract of the vagus that connect from the, from the brain to the gut, it's going retrogradly in the opposite direction from the gut to the brain, from the lower part, and this is the this is the study that uh, 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 give to this hypothesis uh, some evidence-based ground to stand on. Thank you, Mr. Samuel. We did not ask him any questions. Uh, but I, 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 I don't have much to say. I have two ideas that came to me. One was to ask you, Alex two practical questions from, on, on this subject. <clears throat> do you have a, a, an exercise or something to do when I feel that I need to pee urgently and then nothing comes out? It happens from time to time that I, I, I like, I must go, I must go, I must go. And then nothing comes out. And if I want to be able to uh, not run to the bathroom and hold it. Is there an exercise of breathing that I can use that will help me with that? And same about constipation. Is, is there an exercise of breathing that can help me release it? Well, it's a complicated question, but it's a very deep. Not complicated, it's it maybe difficult. It's a difficult question, <laughs> all right? It's a Super. difficult question, but uh, it's a very deep question. Everything that happens to you, you get the form. Meaning, if you have to pee and it doesn't come out, your eyes and your body gets the shape of it doesn't come out. Yes. If you remain in that shape and breathe that shape, it will not come out. If you acted differently, the automatic system 
starts to work. Meaning, I would say something ridiculous. If I feel I cannot pee, I would start to smile instead of saying, doesn't come out. Oh, it doesn't come out. You see, I stop breathing. Yeah. Go, go. I'm more concerned not about, not about nothing comes out. I'm concerned about the, the feeling that I need to go right now and I have to run and I have to leave everything. Yeah. How can I stop all, this? First, first of all, we spoke about it doesn't come out. Now okay. we speak, it comes out. Yeah. It comes out fast. Exactly. Okay? Exactly. It feels like it comes out. Yeah. Okay. But I'm talking about it doesn't come out. You know, I'm going to tell you a joke. But it's a serious joke. I'm not kidding. I gave a class in um, a hall and uh, we spoke about Parkinson and then we had an interval. And um, I had to go to the toilet. So I went to the toilet. There was one guy peeing on one side and there was another guy peeing on the other side. And there was, uh, in the middle, there was place. So I came to the place and the one who was peeing on the right side was trying to pee and he began to pee and all of a sudden he saw me. And he said, look, Alex is here. And he began to pee on me. I did The other guy said, yes, he's here. So from both sides, he <laughs> on me. I smiled, but it was not comfortable. But you know, it was quite an experience. It was a wet compliment. It was a compliment. <laughs> so about your first question, first of all, you have to breathe out, breathe out and not keep your breath. It doesn't come out. You have to breathe up. And all of a sudden you feel that it comes out. Now, when you feel that it happens, and that's what I'm telling many Parkinson people, it becomes a psychological problem. Oh my God, I'm going to drip. I'm going to drip. I'm, going to... I'm telling them, put on pads. Put on pads. And if it drips, it's okay. You can put on the pad a spray, which has a good smell. You can change the pads from time to time. So it means when you have to go and you feel that it's dripping, it's not that bad because you have a pad, meaning it's not a worry, it's not anxiety anymore. Now, another thing, you say, okay, I'm gonna go to the toilet and you go to the toilet and you, First of all, you have to smile and you have to, to whistle, an anti-peeing whistle. And not, ooh, 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 it's coming out, you see? And now you have a new problem. The new problem is you have to open your and you have to get it out. And all of a sudden, it's dripping. So <laughs> you smile and you say, you naughty little guy, and you take it out and it's dripping, it's okay. And then you have to put it back again. And when you make an act out of it, all of a sudden it becomes normal. And the next time you go and you open your zip, all of a sudden it doesn't drip. Yeah. He respects you and yeah. he says, okay, I'll wait until you get me out and then I'm going to pee. Did you get my answer? Absolutely. I wanted everybody to enjoy this. <laughs> Alex, maybe we should uh, make a startup of a um, tract of uh, specific movement for constipation and a problem with urination. Do you have any such a special music for these events, <laughs> special events? You know, we can take it as a joke, but it was very serious what you yeah. said. You can make music for constipation and you can use music for keeping back. It's all a matter of what rhythm. I'm going to tell you something interesting. I sometimes give people this, um, it's a kind of a stone. It's a very, um, very comfortable. I don't know how you say it in English, Stone. You see, I'm touching it. It's very comfortable. 
Sometimes I tell people, take this stone, put it on your head, and simply start to move it on your brain, on your head, and don't think, just do this. Just move it around your brain. All of a sudden, what happens? You forget to think. And when you forget to think, what you thought about changes because it's a kind of a restart. You feel that your brain is starting to move. You've stimulated your brain just by doing that. You see, I'm doing this. And all of a sudden, I feel lots of movement. But the interesting thing is, by stimulating with a stone, I forgot what I had to do. Mm. Even sometimes being, it's a restart. And people use it, for example, when they can't go to sleep, when they think too much, or when something bothers them. It's a restart to take something and stimulate the cervical part, you see? You don't think, you stop thinking, and it stimulates it. All of a sudden, you breathe differently. It's a restart. Yeah. It's can called I, I give sensory tricks, you know? Sorry? Uh, usually, the, what we are, you are just demonstrate uh, can be called sensory trick. And sensory trick can change, can deviate pattern of behavior. We know it. Can I add something, Elizabeth? Is of it course, okay? of course, of course. It's I really think, interesting. I think that we spoke a lot today. And maybe we should summarize before, before we continue, yeah. so that it has an effect on people that ask questions. Yeah. They got lots of information, but they didn't get the summarized. Maybe each one should summarize, and then we make a little interval. Yeah. I have just a little thing before, if it's okay. Why, 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 why do people with Parkinson who have bladder problems, why are they treated with Botox? Well, okay, okay. Well, it seems to be when you have a, a, a bladder problem of urgency and frequency, it seems to be that the muscle that envelope like a ring, uh, the, the bladder, uh, it's, it's called the detrusor muscle, it's hyperactive. It's hyperactive and because of that there is uh, urgency, frequency, involuntary uh, release of urine, and so on, uh, involuntary urination, and so on. It seems to be that by taking what the Botox is, it's a trade name, but the botulinum toxin, the toxin that it's a, a extract from the a, a, a products of the botulinum bacteria, mm -hmm. it's a blockade, it's like a blockade of the receptor to acetylcholine, that is the innovation for the detrusor to get to, con uh, could, to contract, and by that contract, and emptying the uh, bladder. And by uh, uh, blocking the receptor for it, there is a, 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 it's the acetylcholine no longer trigger the construction of the bladder. And by, they, by doing that, you are, a, 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 the, the bladder is much more loose, much yeah. more flaccid, and you should, we should be cautious that it will not be too much flaccid and too much loose, because everybody needs to urine to, yeah. to make urination yeah. to do for sure as yeah. a physiological, basic physiological function. So it seems to be that by giving the, the right amount and in the right place of botulinum toxin, you release the bladder and it's not hyperactive anymore as it's in the a, a problem that you mentioned. Alex? I will tell you a trick I'm doing with a part of my clients. I'm telling them to take a vibrator, you know, a messenger, a vibrator that vibrates like this and put it on their bladder. In the beginning, it overstimulates them and they feel they have to pee. They have to pee and they sometimes can't keep up. But when they do it over and over again, 
all of a sudden the bladder, it doesn't respond that way anymore. And it gives a certain balance. Meaning I overstimulate it and then the bladder balances itself. Yeah. And in many ways, it is a great help. Yeah. So I do exactly the opposite. I overstimulate yes. it until it gets used to that stimulation and all of a sudden it becomes quiet. And it takes a long time and it keeps quiet. Oh, Alex, amazing. I must mention something regarding it. You know, there are now a commercial company, a startup in Israel, that develop rotating a, a capsule that you shallow, you, that you shallow, and it's vibrate in your a, a, a colon and cause you, it's again, it's anti-constipation method of treatment and they have a, amazing results. I will not mention their name, it's a commercial, and, but it's an Israeli startup and also in our institution, they try their product and the, the, as my impression from the uh, first uh, 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 feedback from the patient, it's, it's worked very, very good. Much better than the, the medication. Again, it's a rotating capsule. It's have a very tiny engine inside it. They swallow it. It's going in the natural way out. It's a, a dispersible, no, no need. And it's exactly, it's, it's a, you know, it's knocking on the doors of the, of the intensive wall, if I can say so. And by vibrating there, it's caused the, this peristaltic, this bowel movement that are damaged or impaired in the, in the, in many Parkinsonian patients. And it's, a, as in, it's a, right in the spirit of what Alex just mentioned. Fantastic, wow. fantastic. But uh, let's summarize, uh, Alex. Uh, I give the word to you. I think we should give some uh, um, uh, feedback from Samuel what he thinks and then we shall continue because yeah. he represents the Parkinson's. Yeah. Samuel, uh, what do you think about all this and uh, what do you want what to summarize? Yeah. Um, I, I think we, uh, as, a, as a person with Parkinson, what I hear is on one end explanations of why is it the way it is, mechanically, physiologically, pharmaceutical, pharm pharmacologically? Why, why I have what I have from the point of view, view of science? And also, what can I do besides taking medications to uh, deal better with the different uh, symptoms or limitations. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm, I'm being enriched from both aspects. And uh, some, of the, some of the topics are irrelevant for me, at least for, the, for right now, thank God. So I, 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 it tells me, enjoy the fact that you can do things that maybe you will not be able to do later. Yeah. And just a thought I wanted to share about the gut. Maybe those of us that Parkinson started from the gut is a message from the gut to the brain, telling it, you were not listening to me enough. Yeah, yeah. So I need to take, to get your attention. Yeah. So now listen. So maybe, maybe some of us, the Parkinson is a reminder to listen to our gut feeling. Just a thought. I don't know if it has any. Very any clever. Yes, it is. <laughs> Very clever thought. Yeah. Can I continue before? Yeah. Mitsan, is it okay? It's a, for sure, Alex. Um, what um, Samuel said, listen to me. I would summarize it this way. Awareness to what your body is telling you. The body is telling us all the time messages, but are we acting and reacting to the messages? 
Meaning, if I want to drink, my body is telling me I'm thirsty. And if I want to eat, my body is telling me I'm hungry. And if I have to pee, my body is telling me, go to the toilet. Actually, my body is telling me now, scratch. My body is telling me, scratch here. My body is telling me all the time. Meaning, is it possible that my body is telling me things, and if I will listen, and I will find ways to react to what my body is telling me, I will help my body find remedies to problems in order to have a better well-being. So I would summarize it this way. Listen to your body. Speak with your body. Ask him, what is your message? What can I do in order to become better? Because the body knows what I don't know. So I would summarize it, be aware, and speak with your body, and come to decisions what you should try to do. Well, Alex, um, if I... Yes, yes, uh, Lizzie, I'm with you. I am just saying bravo. Lizzie, mm -hmm. amazing. We, we always uh, have external awareness and internal awareness, and we always in between these two worlds to, uh, uh, to uh, uh, separate our attention, to stimuli that are outside our body and to stimulus that are beneath our skin, in the territory yeah, that yeah. beneath our skin. Yeah. And we should always, and as, as Alex said it, we should, Parkinson disease, it seems to be that many internal signals are dysregulated and uh, uh, discalibrate and we should try to regulate them better and calibrate them better. How to do it? Well, Alex, the methods of Alex can for sure uh, give us tools for it. It's very unknown land, if I can say, Tara incognita, unknown land, but Alex is one of the uh, brave uh, people who, who travel this unknown land and, and give it practical tools which are very important. I can speak theoretically many and, and say many, many words about how I think that things work theoretically, but Alex give, instead of the, his theoretical background, he give a practical ways and I really appreciate it. It's work, that's what I can say. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Elizabeth? Yeah. Up to you to close the first part of yes. this program. Yes, I will say thank you very much for this uh, Christmas uh, edition 2020. Thank you to you, Dr. Nissan. It's amazing all the stuff you know. I'm very happy to have you in here. To you, Alex. Thank you. Thank you, thank you very much. I know you very well and you know me very well. So I'll just say thank you and I'll talk to you before Christmas. And to you, Samuel, I'm really spe your special guest. I'm so grateful and humble and thankful to have you here to tell uh, how it is to be a person with Parkinson. It's amazing and you are so funny also. So thank you very much and I wish you all a Merry Christmas. Thank you. Merry Christmas. Thank you. Bye. 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 Bye.